Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hello, Mary. Good morning. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good, good. A a few announcements before we get into some news and issues that affect the church or should be uh, on our radar anyway. A lot of important stories to talk about today. Um, We have a new, I'll call it a newsletter (laughs) for whatever reason. Um, We want you to subscribe if you are interested in receiving one email a week on Friday it's a podcast recap, and it's also a couple links that will go to our 200 resources on the website, um, our guest list on the website. It's very basic. It's not really extensive at all, but it's a, something that you could subscribe to. Uh, again, the free newsletter goes out once every week, and you can listen to podcasts you missed during the week. And you just need to go to StandUpForTheTruth.com and click subscribe. I, even I could do that. That's it, how, that sounds very simple. Well, it's great because it makes it easy for people to listen to past shows. I know yeah. everyone's busy, and I think that's yeah. really helpful. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people listen every day, but yeah. I, I'm, some do. I know some yeah. do. We get the emails, and thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, next Tuesday, if you are in the Fox Cities, Appleton, uh, Wisconsin area, um, there's going to be an event on March 28, which is next Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. The John Birch Society is hosting Bill Hahn. He's the CEO there, and it's going to be taking place at Freedom Project Academy. And they're going to be talking about what governments around the world are doing and the steps that they are taking to drive farmers out of business. Um, I don't know if you've heard what other countries are doing. Farmers are having their cattle herds cut, their land seized, forcibly removed from their farms. Um, it's happening in Sri Lanka, the Netherlands. It's underway in Ireland, Canada. And the question they're going to ask and answer is how long before it happens oh. here in America. So Bill Hahn, next Tuesday at Freedom Project Academy in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, so you will get that. And by the way, we have Alex Newman on the podcast, I believe, next Tuesday. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. Um, so um, we, before we get into the other articles, and we've got a lot of stories to talk about, including the lies that are really, uh, I think they're they're going unchecked for the most part about the Supreme Court race in Wisconsin with Justice Dan Kelly, who, by the way, I will be voting for, Justice Daniel Daniel Kelly in the Wisconsin Supreme Court election that's coming up in a couple weeks. Um, Boy, you wouldn't believe some of the commercials, unless you've seen them on TV, there are some blatant lies about him. And then there, in Mayor, they're interesting, there's some openly pro-abortion commercials on with a woman saying, hey, if Dan Kelly gets elected... They're going to destroy women's freedom and rights to abortion. It's just really unbelievable, this battle. But um, we'll get to that in a minute. There's also a lot of money going in there from around the country. So um, several stories to touch on. Mayor's got some. I've got some. So I'm just going to ask you to go to the Lord and open us in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we come before you today just... Um uh, Lord, we just love you so much, and we're in awe of what you've done for us and, and uh, 
the sacrifice of Christ, how so simple it is to come and to be saved for all eternity, Lord, and to know that we're saved, Lord. And so we just thank you you so much for what you've done for us and uh, a debt we can never repay. And so we come before you desiring to do your will today and to serve you. Uh, Your word says that in these dark times, uh, no matter what's going on, that you will uphold us, that you will guide us, um, direct our steps, protect us, and also that that those who are bent on doing evil will receive their just reward. So we thank you for your justice and your mercy and your grace. And we ask you um, just for your blessing on the program this morning that we would communicate clearly that people would be stirred up to serve you even in a more greater capacity, but to understand the times that we're living in, Lord. So we, we ask that you'd walk among us here um, that, and then you would just take care of everything here at Q90FM, Lord. What a blessing it is um, just to be involved here. And so we just thank you. We lift these things up to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, friends. So let's dive into this one real quick before we get to the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. Um, cashless Society. Just pulled this one up this morning from yeah. Zero Hedge. Panera Bread debuted a frictionless Palm Payment System, you heard that right. Amazon's Palm Reading Payment Technology was first introduced at numerous Whole Foods locations, of course in California, (laughs) enabling customers to pay for their groceries by scanning their palms at checkout terminals rather than using cash or a card. Now, Panera Bread is experimenting with Amazon's cashless payment system, and this is going to be an amazing debate as we get closer and closer to more technology enabling this rollout of a contactless payment method. Uh, Mayor, what are your thoughts on this? Of course, it's prophetic, but it's fascinating. I'm thinking, how do they, the technology just read a palm? I thought only palm readers could do that. Yes. um, Well, it's interesting (laughs) because, you know, Amazon does own Whole Foods. They bought Whole Foods out several years ago. So if you go to Whole Foods, you can open up your Amazon app. And if there's any coupons, they just scan your Amazon app. So this has been probably a long time in coming. Mm. But you think to yourself, how can they just scan a palm when there's there's no chip involved in your palm? There's no barcode or anything. Well, if you go to a website within Amazon called Amazon One, how it works, meet Amazon One. One scan does it all. Amazon One <laughs> simplifies everyday interactions. It's free contactless service that lets you, lets you use your palm to pay, enter, or identify yourself. So how, do, how it works is it's a very specific kind of camera that they utilize. And it says your palm is made up of tiny distinct features on and below the surface. So they read the lines in your palm, what? just palm reading, and they read your <laughs> vein pattern. They can actually go below the skin. Gosh. Uh, many, many uh, characteristics in your palm are undiscernible to the human eye or a standard camera. So they have the Amazon One device reads your palms. It, it creates a palm signature. Um, and basically that's how it works. They, they, uh, they scan your palm and they enter that. I mean, how convenient. Amazon owns a picture of your Palm and no one has obviously the same right uh, palm palm wow. pattern. So that's how that works, and I'm not surprised it's California. I'm not surprised it's Amazon, that's but right. it's going to um, probably revolutionize payments. But it's, it's not the mark. Obviously, it's not the mark right. of the beast, which is allegiance to a man and the right. number of his name. But it's a conditioning. It's yes. a way to condition you to just wave your hand. 
It's creepy, David. Yep, it, it is. But um, I, I'm so glad that technology <laughs> caught up with Hollywood from 30 or 40 years ago in sci-fi <laughs> movies, and now you can just wave your palm over something, and you know, yeah, it's it's, it's creepy, but it's yeah. it's happening, and that's what. A lot of people well, are looking into now. It started with bathrooms, you know, where you could. First time I saw one of those units where you wave your palm and the towel comes out, I thought, "Wow!" Oh, that was just a motion detector. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> but we've all done that now. Everyone's yeah. done that now. So it's just further and further yeah. conditioning. Wow, amazing. Okay, from California to Wisconsin, um, Wisconsin Supreme Supreme Court race already the most expensive Supreme Court race. In the history mm. of the country, mm. um, I'll put this link in the podcast notes. Hugh Hewitt talked to Justice Daniel Kelly, and um, they're calling it the one of the most watched and the most expensive Supreme Court contests in mm. history, and for a lot of reasons. I mean, abortion is one of the big issues that uh, I don't think they're they're talking about as as much as I would like them to talk about it. Mm. But I want to mention you can go to Wisconsin Family Action. And Julianne Appling, they have been putting out ads because of the lies on the TV commercials that the left and the Democrats in Wisconsin are putting out. Um, she had to do a press release. And now I'm going to read from Julianne Appling's site at wifamilyaction.org. Supreme Court candidate Justice Kelly exposes Protasiewicz's lies. Um, they say on the television, that he, Daniel Kelly, who I will be voting for uh, soon, um, defended child sex predators who posed as ministers in order to prey on vulnerable young girls. That's a lie. Wow. There are details behind this. In fact, I can just, I can jump to that. Um, Kelly briefly handled pretrial duties in this particular case in question, but then moved on to other cases. But no further work was done by Kelly. And uh, he left the law firm even before that trial even under, got going. But the left is putting out, they're, they're accusing him of defending these people. And he did not. So there's, there, there's a nugget, there, a very slim nugget of truth that he was involved in the pretrial, uh, I guess, duties and what he handled before he moved on. But this is really unbelievable. So these are some of the lies they're putting out there. Um, Wisconsin Supreme Court holds incredibly high stakes as liberal, progressive, Democrat, and I would say, I, I'll just stop right there, Milwaukee Circuit Court Judge Janet Protasiewicz. You don't want her to be on the Supreme Court if you're a, mm -hmm. even if you're a moderate, if you're a conservative, if you're a Christian, if you're a Republican, if you're an independent, you do not want Janet Protasiewicz. Um, so she's going up against former Supreme Court Justice Daniel Kelly, and the court's conservative majority hangs in the balance. And so the election could undermine the fate of the unborn, free speech, Second Amendment rights, gerrymandered political maps, and a range of other voting issues. Mayor, it's, it's big time here. It is. It is. This is the big time. I remember yeah. during the primary we discussed a little bit about um, – People were saying that this is the biggest race that no one's ever heard of, and it really, really is. And the lies get ramped up. That's only going to get worse with each successive election, no matter who's running, no matter what the level of the race is. I mean, presidential race is going to be somewhat insane. Um, but I, I just can't believe what 
they will stoop to. And so if you're going to have a leftist in there, you're going to have a mixed bag of the worst of our culture these days. I mean, I'm just going to say it bluntly. The worst of the culture will come through if a leftist uh, gets this seat. So yeah. uh, April 4th is the election. Now, now I am open to hearing from other candidates who are conservative, who are possibly a Christian or you know, other Republicans, that they, they don't run on party. They just, you know, run for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Um, but, yes, the conservative majority, which is, I believe, just one or two, that's on the line right now. I am open to hearing about other men that are running. So, um, yeah, I did say who I w- I'm planning on voting for now. But that's not in stone. Um, but I'm definitely warning Against this radical, mm-hmm. um, what is her name, Janet Portasowicz, right? I think it's just these two because the primary uh, runoff eliminated everybody else. Okay, so, you're right. Yeah, you're right. so it's just these two. You're, well, people she are came, saying yeah, we're yeah. going to write in somebody. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, she came actually in first in the primary and he came in second. And then everybody else just fell off the That's radar. That's right. You're right. You're um, right. Okay, i got to get up with the times Well, here. who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Anything's possible Anything in is. an election. Okay, now from Wisconsin to Michigan. Very different story. And then we've got one that I want to talk about, Benjamin Netanyahu and his recent reaction to uh, proposed legislation to outlaw sharing the gospel in Israel. Um, but in Michigan, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because you guys know this is the way of our country and the university system. And by the way, we've got another article on tying the universities to the World Economic Forum. Michigan University is, is hosting... Not the University of Michigan, but Grand Valley State University in Michigan. They have a multicultural affairs office, (laughs) and they have DEI czars and all this. This college is hosting separate graduation celebrations based on race, sexuality, and gender identity, in addition to the university's larger commencement ceremony. So if you're keeping score, this college is... Uh, hosting five graduation celebrations. All right, one for black students, one for Asian students, one for Latinx students, one for Native American students, and one for LGBTQIA plus the alphabet soup um, next month. So the university will also have a general commencement ceremony for all students. And um, this is just... It's not unbelievable, Mary, because we, we've seen the direction. It's all about divide and conquer, separate into groups. Mm-hmm. Then you get the Marxist ideology, the oppressed versus the oppressors, and then you give special rights, and then you get into all kinds of hassles and debates. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, talk about being divisive. The average American <laughs> doesn't want that. It's yeah. the left that wants that so they can divide and conquer. Well, who they runs want, the universities? Right, and they want to make sure that you know about all these different people, their various statuses of victimhood, their various whatever. I mean, that's the divisive aspect, yeah. and I, Ameri- the heart of America in general is to everybody, just go about your lives and work with, you know, Matt Walsh says, this is ridiculous, they're holding five segregated graduation ceremonies, singling out Asian, black, LGBT, Hispanic, and Native. There will be no special celebrations for straight white people, of course, he tweeted. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to say this. The only celebration hosted by the center not focused on race appears to be the Lavender graduation. They're not focused on race, but it is a rainbow-decorated Grand Valley um, webpage that will celebrate, quote, 
the personal and academic achievements of LGBTQIA plus and allied students. So even if you're whatever color and you just you're not LGBTQ, but you if you support them and you're one of their quote allies, you can be a part of the lavender graduation. All right, enough time wasted on that. Mary, actually, it's not wasted. It's no, just, it's not. It's a very fascinating yeah. headline, and that's the way. It, of the left to divide people into groups and to pit Americans against right. one another. Right. Um, do you want to jump to speaking of universities? Yes, let's the, just keep it flowing yeah, there. Uh, the, the tools yeah. of the World Economic Forum, um, the, the WEF's Committee of Presidents, mm-hmm. Uh, from the world's leading universities. Go ahead and just open up this yeah, article. Yeah, I'm going to set this up. This is very interesting, and I'll tell you why it's interesting. Because during the COVID, the height of COVID, my husband and I were having a conversation about how the whole world is focused suddenly on one thing, the same thing, every nation. And we were thinking about Revelation, how it talks about all those who dwell on the earth will do this, and all those who dwell on the earth will do that, all, 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 meaning all. And so we see this uh, convergence of... Um, everyone's eyes on the same thing. Mm. So uh, this is by Dr. Robert Malone. He is a virologist, biologist, immunologist. He combats the global COVID narrative, and he's very, very sharp when it comes to geopolitical things. So um, one of the most, he says, one of the most unsettling events of the past three years has been the globalized coordinated messaging of socioeconomic missives and policies throughout the world. All of us in the liberty movement have wondered who is controlling this and how does it happen? I remember spending time last fall with Nick Hudson of the pa- Panda Group. Um, they are a pandemic data analytics company, uh, and they talk about false narratives, et cetera, et cetera. We were discussing transgender policies around the world. We were both very disturbed, not just by the policies, but also how they came about. Mm. How did the policies of teaching non-binary genders in schools and the importance of youth transitioning spread across the world so quickly? How is it possible that South Africa would be immersed in the same battles for trans rights as the U.S. and most of Europe? Of course, it isn't possible without coordination, mm. and that's what we're going to get to here. Yeah. What is the coordination? And he, he lists here, he says, then, our, then we started to talk about not just pandemic policies of maskings and mandates and lockdowns, but climate change, the elimination of gas-fueled cars, Agenda 2030, eliminating private ownership items such as autos and housing, digital IDs, digital currencies, 15-minute cities, conservation, global... He said every... The list is endless of this coordinating... Mm. A thing that's going on around the world. Um, he says, I don't remember a time when the world governments agreed on so much. Uh, <laughs> so a reader wrote me about their discovery that the World Economic Forum has a formal committee of presidents from the world's best universities. And these presidents are coming together to discuss and decide policy. So all the universities are coming together to talk. But here's the thing. Uh, there's a Global University Leaders Forum, GULF. That's the acronym is GULF. And it consists of the presidents of the world's leading universities who are committed to supporting the WEF's mission of improving the state of the world. So these presidents identify and address these matters, uh, and they work for the WEF. And they do this by, um, oh, it says they want to shape the world through 18 platforms addressing social, environmental, and technology. Okay, here are some of the universities. Um Let's see. We have Carnegie Mellon University, Columbia University, of course, Georgetown, Harvard, um, Harvard, Harvard, Harvard. Yeah, not too far from Boston Harbor. 
Then there's uh, Imperial College in London. There's the uh, um, Keio University of Japan. There's one in Korea. Princeton, Stanford, of course, the University of Tokyo, Ber- Berserkly. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you say Berserkly on purpose? Say, well, I Berkeley. Yeah, it's Berkeley. So, so when you're off air, when you're <laughs> doing your business over at church or something, and talking to people about colleges, you probably refer to that as Berserkly. Absolutely. And that came out just now. Yes, it did. I, I, I cannot <laughs> tell a lie. Yeah, it just, it's right there. It's awesome. right there. Um, Cambridge in the UK, uh, Cape Town, South Africa, University of Chicago, Oxford. <laughs> Yale, I mean, have we left anybody out? Yeah. No, I don't think so. It says these university leaders have been awarded special status within the WEF and are asked to sit on their councils, the Global Future Councils. The network convenes 600 of the most relevant and knowledgeable thought leaders from academia, government, international organizations. It's invitation only. They are nominated for a two-year term. Hmm. People often remark that the WEF holds no position of great authority, that it's full of pomp and circumstances and no substance. Nothing could be further from the truth. Um, and Dr. Robert Malone has also written a great mm. article about the UN. So the UN is kind of coming to the fore in a lot of, in a lot of ways. I let's, mean, let's quote from the WEF website, the World Economic Forum. Again, um, this is from this article. The Global University Leaders Forum, as Mayor said, Gulf community consists of the presidents of the world's leading universities who are committed to supporting globalism. Oh, I slipped that in there. Mm-hmm. Supporting the forum's mission of improving the state of the world. Stop. What's their interpretation of how to improve the state of the world? Is it globalism? Is it religious freedom? Is it... What what is it? Environmental activism is it, what what cashless society is it? One world government or religion? What is what what is that? And then in the next paragraph, the Gulf again, Global University Leaders Forum community will focus on how universities can facilitate a more equal and inclusive recovery. Code words: remember diversity, equity, inclusion, welcoming. Equal, inclusive. Recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. We still haven't recovered. No. Uh, including through exploring the skills for the future of reskilling, social inclusion, and climate action. There it is. So that's one of the focuses that the globalists of the World Economic Forum are connecting with American universities to push some of these leftist and globalist policies and agendas. And it's already in the curriculum. It's already in. I mean, I don't know how many professor, university professors are already radical leftists, but there's probably like 3% that are conservative. So you know where this is going. It's already been in the university system, but now they're connected with the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he also says the UN and the World Economic Forum do not have officials which represent the people. Their leaders have not been elected to make decisions on our behalf or our nation's behalf. And also says the UN, which is the WEF, is is a partner with 1,000 largest transnational corporations in the world. So now you know a boatload of money has flowed into the UN because of this. I mean, there's nothing that they're not covering um, it's just becoming a be a global behemoth with all these causes that everyone's been convinced are the number one problems in the world. But top universities, these are all the top universities. 
And we wonder why the universities and our kids are off the rails. Yeah, and that happened 100 years ago, nearly, primarily in the 1930s and 1940s, where the uh, socialists and Marxists from Europe came over for different reasons and landed in places like Berkeley, Columbia, Chicago, and they literally infiltrated America's universities with the help and full support of John Dewey. Um, and we've talked about him and his ilk on this podcast before and how they have just really poisoned the university system, uh, well, against especially against the biblical worldview and Christianity. Mm-hmm. But this is very interesting. We're talking about the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. Um, they, uh, these people aren't elected, especially by Americans, right? And so they're working with American universities. There's something to keep an eye on. Um, and I like just the very last sentence here, taxpayers' money should not be supporting university presidents who have fealty to, to a foreign NGO. Yeah. So yeah. thanks, Mary. You came across this article, and this is very applicable um, to the already tragic uh, progressive and leftist state of the university system. It is, the as our friend J.B. Hickson would say, the spirit of the Antichrist. Yeah. Alive and well in many of these major institutions and, of course, in academia. Well, they know exactly who to, to target, obviously. You know, university life and university everything is not like it was when we were we were kids, and now it's being co-opted by the U.N. <sighs> yeah, no surprise. We've just got four minutes left. Is there a short one we can do, or do you want to start one and continue after the break? Uh, I think probably continue afterwards. Okay. Um, um, these are a little longer. I mentioned Netanyahu. Um, let's talk about this article that was in the news bites mm-hmm. that you, you put out. Um, two Knesset members proposed legislation to outlaw sharing the gospel in Israel and send violators to prison. This is from Joel Rosenberg. Remember, friends, Israel is not a Christian nation. Um, they're not saved. They're a secular nation. I mean, similar to America, only they don't have America's history, right? Um, but... Now Netanyahu, I guess last night, was you said he was in an interview. I saw the headline this morning. That he says, we will absolutely not penalize Christians. Um, I just paraphrase that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mayor, if you want to go into detail here. Uh, yeah, it says the proposed legislation would outlaw all efforts by people of one faith who in any way want to discuss or persuade people of other faiths to consider changing their current religious beliefs. The punishment for doing so would be one-year imprisonment. And if you're conversing Jeez. about Jesus with a mm-hmm. minor... Under 18, it would be two years imprisonment. That's very interesting. There's a lot of insight there as to, uh, because you know so many people get saved between the ages of 14 and 21. That is considered a very important time, you know, to make those decisions. Can we we go further on that? Uh, Because what we were talking about before the podcast, can you imagine if Christians or conservatives or independents or Republicans or concerned parents would want to propose legislation in America to send to prison those who would indoctrinate our children or minors. And we're, and already, I know you're yeah. already, you guys are already mm-hmm. with me. You're thinking the public mm-hmm. school system, the system mm-hmm. that's now reaching kids younger and younger with the LGBTQ garbage and delusion and the Biden administration now wanting to go pre-K, pre-kindergarten, mm. not just kindergarten. They don't want to reach kids with radical sex ed and these ideas kids aren't even ready to talk about or handle, but we would want to propose legislation that would penalize me. But here's, so Israel, at least two Knesset members proposed this legislation. And is it possible that the government there could pass this, which again would make it illegal for people to share the gospel 
In the very land where Jesus was born, raised, preached, died, buried, and rose from the dead. Also, email, text messages, written letters, uh, online articles. Uh, it, it's pretty oh, intense. Wow. Um, and that's, that's amazing. But again, like you said, Netanyahu said that we are not going to pass anything that affects Christians in Israel. So, you know, uh, cooler heads have prevailed about that, and we're grateful for that. But just the fact that people are thinking about this. It's interesting. It sure is. Israel! Oh, come on! Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's, we could do talk about that on another podcast, Mayor. A lot of believers that don't understand the politics and the, right. the dynamics of Israel, they think, mm-hmm. you know, well, well yeah, it's, we're a Judeo-Christian-based <laughs> nation. So, yeah, Israel, they're not saved. They are not saved at the moment, right. at the time, and that certainly moment. is not. Yeah, right. um, yeah. These aren't uh, the last days. Mm-hmm. So, well, these are the last days. But Israel is is they need to be reached with the gospel, yep. and it's very interesting that they would talk about penalizing um, the yeah. gospel or evangelism. Not the whole, you know, government over there, but at least two Knesset members. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah. story. And again, how can people get the news bites, Mayor? Yes, they can email me at uh, cchapel at ccappleton.org. That's cchapel at ccappleton.org, and you will get them every week in now, your inbox. We have them linked in the podcast. I try to put them mm-hmm. in the bottom of every podcast that goes right to the news bites. And if you go on there, you can even look at archives and past stories mm-hmm. if you missed any of it. And they're on the church app as well. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, so now we talked about the Wisconsin Supreme Court. We talked about. Michigan University, not University of Michigan, but Grand Valley in Michigan that's going to be holding five graduation ceremonies. We talked about the lies and political ads and television commercials. We talked about Panera Bread going frictionless, cashless, waving your palm, uh, working with Amazon One and Whole Foods. And we talked a little bit about Israel and proposed legislation that would penalize or criminalize sharing of the gospel. When we come back... Stoking fears of an all-out nuclear conflict and more on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Did you know that the Stand Up For The Truth podcast is 100% produced by the Q90FM radio staff in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Most people don't. When you support Stand Up For The Truth, your tax-deductible donations fund our ministry's operations, programming, and outreach ministries. Stand Up For The Truth, Q90FM, and Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Thank you for your prayers and support. Okay, Mary, we're going to get to this article from Terry James, and um, it's on stoking the fears of an all-out nuclear conflict. Is the threat credible? We'll, we'll do that next, but let's let's uh, jump on this other article uh, first that you wanted to talk about. I think that's important. Yeah, and this is written by a pastor, and um, it is really articulate. His name is Chris Gordon, um, and it's a little older article, but I it, it certainly is applicable. He says, it's called Reaping the Woke Church We Have Sown. Mm. The church in America is embarrassed by its own identity. We've tried really hard for a long time to make ourselves cool, relatable, down-to-earth, funny, casual, and experts on all the social issues of the day, assuming these things will reach people for Jesus. In the process, we've become our own worst enemy, pandering to the culture for likability's sake, with little effectiveness for saving people from hell. 
even if we believe in such things anymore. Worse yet, without realizing it, it's the kind of Christianity that we've created mm. is being swallowed up by a culture that will only allow its existence on its terms. We're talking political correctness mm-hmm. and wokeness. Um, he says, the only kind of Christianity that is forbidden is that which maintains that Christianity has any standard of adherence. Whatever semblance there is left of true Christianity in America has a short shelf life until the culture has accomplished a complete remake of the church into its own confused image. How did we get here? And he talks about the joining of the church and the world. He said it's been years in the making. Um, whatever struggle we face in life, uh, whatever hardship, abuse, pain, sorrow, suffering, we're told shouldn't be happening. God has offered as a cosmic grandpa in the sky with a big band-aid so that we should never have any scrapes or bruises. He says it's become a utopian uh, endeavor and uh, they don't teach classical doctrines of salvation anymore. It's replaced with the pastor pastor's own verbiage as a therapist. Gone is the emphasis on sin and the need for salvation. We're told that such a message that confronts sin and calls for repentance and faith was too oppressive. And now, you know, that starts with all the seeker mm-hmm. church stuff. The goal of the American pulpit is niceness, to be non-offensive. The most winsome forms of conversational speech to make people safe and non-threatened. And the result is... Sunday worship that is nothing more than a giant therapy session, um, and that feeds what the Bible calls an evil desire. And and he is absolutely right. And this is, like I said, a little older article, and we're further down the road than that. But he says, here's the result. We now find ourselves married to the world. Mm. The church is now invaded with a plethora of leading evangelical elites who have suddenly become expert social justice activists. A new brand of Pharisee fills the church, which now stands in judgment over historic Christianity Mm. as he waves the culture's new morality in the face of Christianity's classic creation norms, Mm. um, trying to fuse Christianity with a larger utopian project. And I think that's absolutely true. And he says it's a really, really bad union. Uh, so then, and he talks about this antithesis that the Bible tells us about, and that is to be friends with the world, is to be at, at enmity with God, and that if the world hates you, Jesus says, it hated me before it hated you. So, you know, what's the verse about, um, woe unto you when all men speak well of you? And there's a lot of celebrity pastors out there that that is absolutely oh, true. Boy, too many. Yep, and so, and Jesus says, why the world hates him? Why is that? John 7, 7, the world hates me because I testify that its works are evil. So now we have to assume that we are to be testifying. If we're going to be like Christ, we are to be testifying that the world's works are evil. Well, you think of Ephesians five eleven: do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. So if we are testifying, exposing um, the world's deeds as evil, we will be hated Absolutely. Following the pattern of Jesus. And by the way, speaking of 5.11, um, from 5.11 News, Chad Davidson and uh, Good Fight Ministries, he will be on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, coming up Monday. Monday, great. Well, and, and this this pastor, uh, Chris Gordon, he also has the solution. He says, how do we break this unholy union with the world? And he says the church, American church, needs to repent of their worldliness and, and failure to heed the Bible's call to separate from the world. And he says, number one, we must appreciate that Jesus said his followers are not greater than him. Um, remember the world said that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Mm-hmm. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So, so we have to understand that, um, to be followers of Christ is to, you know, sign that contract that we will be hated and we will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. And that's not a popular, 
No, because a lot of people, I think one of the maybe underlying reasons he put that point in there is the misunderstanding of the verse, uh, greater things will you do because he sends the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean we're greater than Jesus, have more power than Jesus. Right. Right? So that's, we need to remember the context. Absolutely true. Um, he says it's a great privilege to receive the opposition of the world. Now, how many of us think that? We all want to be liked. It's a badge of honor. Right. Right. We are not here to be part of a popularity contest right. or, or be be liked or loved by the world. And the more the world hates us, and we see that in TV shows and movies and it, and drags us through the mud, maybe we ramp up the notion, well, what can we do to be liked then? No, 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 no. Wrong response. But that's, but that's the path many churches yes. t- took because right. they wanted to maybe, I mean, I think for the most part, years ago, decades ago, it was with good intentions. Mm-hmm. The churches said, okay, we, we want to come off, we want to soften this a little bit because we used to be too hard, rigid, legalistic. Well, now we've come way over to the welcoming right. and being yes. diverse and come on in. And, and then you're dangerously um, either approving of or accommodating mm-hmm. Sin and unbiblical right. worldviews. And we're not God's PR man. We don't have to make God look good. We don't have to make Jesus Thank look good. Yes, the, the Bible needs to speak for itself, and the Bible speaks about repentance and the free gift of salvation, but then the judgment for those that do not. Yeah. You know, Every knee shall bow. So there's a lot of hard things there. Secondly, he says we need a proper fear of God, again, in the church. Um, mm. and, and I think that that's really true. We know we aren't afraid of him, but to work out your salvation Reference. with fear and traveling. Yeah. yeah. And who trembles at God's word anymore? I mean, when you read that verse, and I can't remember where it is, it's Isaiah. Um, I can't remember, um, trembling at God's word. Um, okay, now I'm really stuck. I, I went where I shouldn't have gone because I can't remember. <laughs> but um, nobody trembles at God's word anymore, and that's really an important thing um, there. And I think a proper fear of God. In, in other words, don't do or represent those things that are clearly unbiblical about God. You know, worship in spirit and in truth and preach the word and, you know, all these things. So that fear of God will keep people from false teaching. It will keep people on the right path. Okay, then third, we have to be willing to speak the whole truth. The world hated Jesus for testifying that the deeds were evil, and this is also our responsibility. Jesus said to the disciples that truth speaking fulfills Christian witness. Um, so, you know, uh, all the truth, right? The whole truth in Scripture, the good stuff, the the wonderful news, the good news, the gospel, and then the hard stuff, like I mm. said before. So we have to be willing and set aside our flesh and what people think of us and just do what we are called to do. And so he says that's how we break up that unholy union with the world. And I think that's uh, those are some great points. And you may have other points on those things. No, I think we we can move on. But I, I think that we've talked so much about the compromise um, in the church. And I do want to mention, whenever we say that, there is a remnant of strong Bible-believing churches that have been mm-hmm. diligent in preaching yep. line by line, verse by verse, and really doing, you know, ta- tackling Bible prophecy, mm-hmm unafraid to address cultural issues, meaning moral, quote, political Mm -hmm. issues. And so there are a lot of good churches out there, but it is a minority. Mm -hmm. That's why we often refer to them as the remnant. But the overall point is the church has lurched left, to quote Mary Danielson, (laughs) lurching to the left. And we... Yeah, it's, there's a lot of work we need to do because there's people even starting with salvation and a, a great understanding of – a basic understanding of the gospel and being mm-hmm. saved and then bearing fruit. What does that look like? We're not saved by works. 
but we are to bear fruit. But let's move on. Uh, Mayor, I think we have time for one more, and that's the Stoking Fears article by Terry James. Mm-hmm. But I do want to mention this one because I'm looking at our guest schedule and the podcasts coming up. We are loaded with great guests, so we will not be able to get to this one. But I want to mention the headline and just touch on this new documentary showing how some American evangelicals are praying for Armageddon and they're and pulling the lev- levels of power, levers of power, to achieve it. This is interesting. Uh, it may sound outlandish, but there it, there may be somewhat of an organized fundamentalist Christian uh, movement working to make this doomsday scenario a reality. And it's an alarming movement explored in this new documentary, and it's called Praying for Armageddon. Um, it's going to be released or debuted in at a festival in Copenhagen. In other words, there are some – let me just quote here, and we'll move on. I don't think a lot of Americans realize the sort of hidden end-time Armageddon lobby that they have real political power – they make up the backbone of the Republican Party, and this is a minority, friends, so just understand. Um, now, it says, we are in the last days, one of the pastors says, we are anticipating the rapture of the church at any time. Now, most of us wouldn't agree with that, but they take it a little bit further, and they say, um, another person said, I believe in the core of my being that God put President Trump in office, and you know we wouldn't disagree that God raises up kings, as it says in Daniel chapter 2, um, he is sovereign over who is elected. Now, to put words like God raised up a certain man, you know, we can just say God's sovereign. Mm-hmm. Um, so understand that there is a movement to try to, quote, bring on this Armageddon scenario because they, are, they, as Christians, they're thinking, okay, we want the end of the world. But we're thinking, okay, we need to get people saved we need to make disciples and equip the church because we have not been equipped. And there's so much work to do before Jesus returns mm-hmm. because there are so many unbelievers. Anyway, that's a fascinating article. I just want to, it's a documentary coming out. And again, it's praying for Armageddon. Hmm. <sighs> Mayor. It makes my head spin a little yes, bit. Yes, it, it does. It does there. <laughs> but it makes sense if there are people that are working toward what they believe is a biblical end. Right. Well, and doesn't this just make people scoff at Christians more? I mean, because anyone then who believes in eschatology is going to be thrown on that heap, and a match is going to be taken to it. So it's it's not going to be. Oh uh, boy! Oh, that's a good visual there. All right. <laughs> so, Terry James, this is from the first article from uh, recent News Bites. Yep. Um, Stoking fears of an all-out nuclear conflict is the threat credible? So um, this is interesting, Mayor. I, I don't know how many points you want to mention from this, but it's going to be very interesting. Um, there are things that we could say. There's wars, rumors of wars, and sometimes those rumors amount to nothing. Mm-hmm. Other times it's like, whoa, something's really happening mm-hmm. over there, over there, Middle East, yeah. Russia, China. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So talk about this. Uh, you put this in the news boy. Yeah. Well, and I, I really love Terry James. He is the voice of reason because mm. with social media, anything can appear to be true, even if it's just an editorial, and it'll go around mm. the world in 60 seconds. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that it is true. Now, he says, I think this is very balanced. I think Terry James really wants to encourage believers to watch and wait and stick to what the Bible says, not what the news media says. So with that in mind, um, 
He says the diplomats of the world are making noise about Russia more and more, looking like it will come to the nuclear option in finally defeating the Ukrainians.、Uh, Putin,、uh, Russian president dictator Putin, among wanting more control and power in the region of hegemony, wants to secure the wheat and other grains of Ukraine to add to their considerable grain possession, so he can control. The food of the world to a considerable extent, and now it says that、um, many say he is hunkered down in underground facilities for protection from what? Well, a possible nuclear exchange.、Hmm. And then Terry says, and I love this because this sets the stage for the rest of the article. Of course, a lot of things are said these days about a lot of things. <laughs> And he says a lot has been said about a lot of things for a long time. We've heard that economic collapse is coming within days, for literally years, even decades. And I can.、Uh, Attest、uh, to that because I've been reading them.、Uh, he said the the polar ice is melting at a rate that will bring the edges of New York Harbor to downtown Manhattan and up to the second floor of the Empire State Building. And he says, and so, you know, the the levels in the New York Harbor haven't changed since these warnings for issues. He says, now all that to say, nuclear exchanges couldn't happen.、Um, at least one city in the world will perhaps experience that, and that would be Damascus. But he says. God's prophetic word is the only reliable source to depend upon when it comes to future events. Everything else is just guesswork. The guesswork might be based on strong evidence, but it's still guesswork. And I would add to that, humans can't even see thirty seconds into the future. So it's important, I think, for the church in this day of social media to、yeah. remember. He says God's prophetic utterances are one hundred percent reliable.、Uh, we can examine. The nuclear neurosis going around these days under God's stethoscope, in order to get a hundred percent accurate prognos- prognosis about whether all our nuclear conflict will occur、mm. in the days ahead. So he's talking about、uh, a major country, a major conflagration、um, that wipes out a huge chunk of the world. Is what he's talking about, and he says.、Um, It's probably they're talking about this, and Putin may talk about this. Putin may be unstable at best, but it also could be、uh, to divert the attention of voters and citizens from other issues of political importance to globalist power brokers.、Mm. So there's other things going on behind the scenes. He said there's nothing in prophecy that suggests that at this point there will be a nuclear option, and so he says always look to scripture.、Mm-hmm. To make sure that you are being,、um, uh, you know, I can't even think of the words. Well, diligent, diligent, for, for yes, and and、yeah. don't、uh, discredit, don't discredit our witness、mm-hmm. by、yes. going beyond. Chuck Miss Smith always said,、um, you know, don't exchange what you know for what you don't know. So <laughs> stick with the scripture. Um, it'll be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Men will be marrying and giving in marriage for seasons. So we. I don't see that. I really don't see that, and I also see the countries being able to take the mark of the beast. If you're going to wipe out infrastructure with EMPs or limited nukes, even now you have a whole group of people who can't even be in that system. Interesting.、Um, so I just love Terry James. I love the balance. He says, "Let's just watch and wait, and、yeah. not be so quick to speak about, you know, what the media is talking about, but just." Um, look at God's word and stick to that. So, well, what do you think, David? Well, I want to talk about Damascus、uh, <laughs> briefly because、yeah. that's one of the places he mentions.、Mm-hmm. Um, he says,、uh, "I believe, as do many who believe God's word, that at least one city of the world is going to experience perhaps a nuclear strike. Damascus, Syria, which will become a heap of rubble." Within a very short time. Now he says this doesn't mean necessarily it will be a nuclear weapon 
that causes the destruction. And this is interesting. Mary says it might be a meteorite. <laughs> a meteorite. Yeah, we very rarely think about that. Yeah, I, I usually I mean, don't. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, God, right? right. God, God doesn't need man to, to, right. to hit the red button and, and send a nuke. Or possibly one of the planet's greatest earthquakes ever. That could wipe out mm-hmm. Damascus. It will cease being a city, uh, biblically, uh, in a very short span of time. God's prophetic word mm-hmm. um, says that. And that's Isaiah chapter 17, if you want to do a little study on that, friends. But again, we come back to the reliable source, God's word, when it comes to future events. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, some we don't know what we don't know. We don't. That's but, profound. But we do know what the Bible says. Yep. We do know we are warned. We do know what signs of the end times will look mm-hmm. like. And I will say, are looking like. Are looking we like. We are seeing. Oh, yeah. We are seeing and we have seen these yeah. signs. And anything's possible. I mean, but it's all in God's control. The same with these people who are supposedly bringing, bringing in Armageddon. Well, they really don't have the power or the authority to do that. Um Nevertheless, we all do long for that day to approach. But I, I just love we we spent some time with Jim Fletcher um, oh. on our trip, and he he kind of we had we had some great conversations while he was making biscuits and gravy in the morning, and and it had to do with Christians just being careful not to. You want people to listen to you when you talk about the signs of the times. Let's talk about Ezekiel 38 and 39. Let's talk about all these things, but let's not go beyond all those things mm-hmm. and leave the time frame up to God. And he said, I yeah. think, I think believers maybe should take a step back, uh, and, and really consider the biblical aspect of, I mean, if all that stuff, look, the Bible has so much prophecy in it already. Oh and, and how many believers don't even have a yeah. working knowledge of that? Let's yeah. just start there. Yeah. Start with it, you yes. know, verse by verse on and get a working knowledge of prophecy. And, and then if you still have time, <laughs> if, if you still have time after that. So that's how yeah. I've always looked at that. So, um, yeah, speaking of that, the time frame, I want to just read briefly from Matthew 24, signs of Christ's return. Do you remember, friends, when he, he was coming out of the temple? Leaving the temple, his disciples came up and pointed out the marvelous, beautiful buildings and the massive stones. And Jesus said in verse 2, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down. Now to them, (laughs) at that time, that must have sounded like such a um, fantastical, unbelievable statement. But a little later on, when they got to the Mount of Olives, and that there's a short time gap between verse 2 and verse 3 in Matthew 24. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when. <laughs> Tell us when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? What is the first thing Jesus said? Well, it's going to be A.D. 70. Well, it's going to be the year 2024. Well, it's going to be... No, Jesus answered and said the first thing out of his mouth Mm -hmm. when they said, tell us when and what will be the signs. First thing out of his mouth, see to it that no one misleads you. First thing Mm -hmm. he said, for many will come in my name. I am the Christ. They will mislead many. You'll be hearing of wars, rumors of wars. Don't be frightened. These things must take place. But... That is not yet Mm -hmm. the end. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, various places there will be famines, earthquakes. These are merely the beginning of birth pangs. So, Mayor, 
We don't know the time. As it says in, I think, First Thessalonians 5, we don't know the, the, the times or the seasons. He used the word epoch, E-P-O-C-H. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know the day of the Lord. We don't know that day, that time. We know we're getting close. We can see some yeah. of the times that are happening. Yeah. We can put, you know, connect some dots regarding Bible prophecy. But I always go back to these first, you know, what, seven or eight verses in Matthew mm-hmm. 24 and go, wow. And as he was explaining these things to them, these are guys that don't have a biblical background. These are guys that have not studied the the the, this, the Old Testament, right. the scriptures. They were rough around the edges, fishermen, and you know, a, a tax collector, and all these guys. And so they didn't have this understanding. So they're going, "What? These things are going to happen." They're trying to wrap their minds about on around some of what we look back and go, "Yeah, hindsight twenty twenty. We've read right. the whole Bible. Right. We understand Genesis to Revelation and." How some of the Daniel Revelation, how some of these things prophetically are going to work out, but these guys must their heads must have been spinning. Yeah, it was all <laughs> new to them. Yeah, and so we, like you said, we have the benefit of the church, two thousand years of the church. We have the scriptures, we have yeah. all that, and so we are to discern the sky and the times of the seasons mm. and such. But I, I've had conversations with people saying, I didn't think we'd see A, B, C, and D. I didn't think we'd yeah. be here this long. I didn't yeah. think the mm. culture was going to circle the drain. Or that the church was going to circle the drain, uh, and we were going to ha- have still be here. Nevertheless, we're here for a reason. Yep. So we got to adjust our thinking from time to time. You know, continue to do what we've been called, occupy till he comes, <clears throat> continue to, uh, do what we are called to do, but realize that I'm realizing more and more that our timing is not his timing. Oh boy. Praise the Lord, you yes. know, and we're going to get to heaven and find out exactly why. So we may yeah. be here, we may go home today, tomorrow, next week, or yeah. it may be another year. We have no idea. Yeah, I, I, I just come back to that verse, um, God's patience means salvation. Yep. He wants, his will is for everyone to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Not everyone will, most will not, but that's his will, that's his plan to mm-hmm. try to get the gospel out through us, through his vehicles yep. in the earth, through Christians, through believers. And I also know that verse, a day is a thousand years to God, a day is a thousand years is like a day. And we're going, wow, is, is that is that true? Because our timeline is so different. So, Mayor, there are two things. We just have like a minute and a half. Two things that I think are kind of, they didn't catch me off guard, but there's a development there. Well, let me just mention one thing, and that is, what is a woman? This, this transgender yeah. locomotive, this this yeah. train that's plowing through um, universities, culture, Hollywood, government, the education system, and even into the church. I am not surprised that Satan, the father of lies, would say, hey, you can be a, a man, mm-hmm. you can be a woman, to the opposite sex, you, you can be whatever you identify as. I'm not surprised by the delusion. Mm-hmm. What caught me off guard is the accommodation, is those that not only went along with it or that are approving. Doesn't Romans 1 say something warning about those who approve such things? Give hearty approval to those who practice To those who practice these things. So that's one thing that really, as far as signs of the end times going, wow, not only is this delusion being out there, these lies that people are not even reasoning from truth, science, biology, let alone the scriptures, but that some are even in the church are going along with because they think it's the compassionate thing to do right. or whatever reason. Right, right. Uh, and that goes back to the woke thing that we talked about yeah. in the church. Yeah. But the days of Noah and Lot, I don't know that I really <laughs> thought that through. <laughs> you know, and as the days go by, we get greater insight into these. But mm. don't let that escape your attention. 
Yeah. These certainly are that. So not mm-hmm. just Noah, but the days of Lot. Yep. And it takes on a new meaning. Oh, boy. We, I, we covered a lot today. We did. At least, at least it feels like we did. A lot of breath. Yes. <laughs> me too. Oh, increase our strength. Increase our faith, mm-hmm. Lord. Tomorrow, we are so blessed to have T.A. McMahon back with us. Mayor, what are we going to be talking about with him? Oh, it's really a mixed bag. All the things that uh, people don't seem to know what's going on. In We're the gonna, church. In the church, yeah. Pastors. Yep. Yeah, and T.A. is going to be at our uh, prophecy conference in yeah. April. So Coming up. Okay. So that's tomorrow. Friends, I want to just mention next week, the great. Alex Newman, that's Tuesday, but Monday, Chad Davidson, Good Fight Ministries. Uh, Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, you'll hear Todd Nettleton, Voice of the Martyrs. Andy Woods on Thursday, and Scott Shera on Friday. A loaded week, friends. I'm just really looking forward to each one of these men of God. And we appreciate you tuning in. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.